Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Everyday Man of God Ministries. Great to have you on board once again. We are going to be reading from Colossians. In fact, we're going to read all of Colossians, and we're going to talk a little bit about it. The reason I'm doing Colossians tonight, well, I thought I was going to be reading chapter 3. I wasn't sure. All week long, I've been thinking about Colossians, and I wasn't sure why I was thinking of Colossians, but I was thinking today, too, what I want to do for tonight's podcast, and Colossians kept on popping into my head. So, that's not an accident that it kept on happening. So, we're going to start in Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to read the whole thing. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother. To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Coloss, grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love which ye have to all the saints, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, Whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you. Since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. Now just a reminder here, we are reading from the King James Bible. I just want to make sure you understood that. Just in case you clicked on this podcast, and you have an NIV or an NLT or... Um, uh, whatever translation you might have, the message or uh, the New King James Version, um, we are reading from the King James. Just want to make sure we are on the same page because quite often what happens, and I've been in Bible studies before on them good old-fashioned Wednesday night things, and, well, there was one particular one, which was the worst one I had ever been to. There were multiple versions, and they don't read the same. No, again, I will say this. All Bibles are not the same. They're just not. Alright, chapter 7. As ye also learned of Ephraim, our dear fellow servant, who is for, your, for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering, and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Now, I have done a study before, or I might have been a podcast, could have been, I'm not sure what it was, but we talked about Colossians 1.14 and how many different versions, mostly on the other side of the uh, aisle there, the NIV, the, um, all the Catholic versions of the latter ones, all the same thing. They take out blood. 
And that is actually important to keep in. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and I'm sorry, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should be. I apologize. Let me read verse 19 again. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and ye, and you that were sometime alienated, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. Let's read that again. That, that's an excellent verse. Verse 21. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled. For me, I get out of that, I think it's pretty simple. You're your own worst enemy. You know what you did wrong, and then you fight against that. You know it. You recognize it. In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. If ye continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which have preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister, who now rejoice in my... Let's stop for a second. And made a minister. Now, he didn't have to go to college. Didn't have to go to Dallas Seminary, a theological school, whatever the title of it nowadays is. Didn't have to go into Tennessee or Florida, down that area. Didn't have to go to any of those places. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I am made a minister, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Now I'm just going to take one moment here and take a sip of my water. Thank you for your patience. So, what is going on here? I'm trying to think of the best way to sum this up for you. So Paul is thanking God for the faith, their faith, right? And describing the exalted nature of Christ in that chapter. 
I think that's a beautiful chapter. There's, there's a lot to take away from that one chapter, but I want you to read it for yourself again, over and over again, and so you understand, so you feel it. Sometimes we just wait for someone to tell us, but read it and understand and look at each verse. Sorry, I'm staring at the pages now. It's just, you could just stare forever and, and, and just read. All right, chapter two. For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. So Laodicea, that's how I pronounce it. Laodicea, Laodicea, you know, I've actually heard different pronouncing, which is funny. There was a council at that point. We're going to get into that. The council of Laodicea, Laodicea, I'm terrible at pronunciations. I'm just a simple man, an everyday man. Um, I think it was 364, I can't remember, but that's uh, kind of when they decided on the Sabbath day. Right now it's Saturday, so this is the Sabbath day. And they talked about changing the Sabbath into Sunday. That's kind of where, I mean, it had been in the works for a while, but that's uh, that was a big thing they talked about at that particular council. So interesting side note there. All right, verse 2. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Now, do you read, I'm sorry, do you read number four, right? Verse four, what do we see there? False prophets. Those who are lying to you. So at that point, in, we have to understand in this area that they were under attack. The body of Christ was under attack from false teachers. They were denigrating the deity of Jesus. They were teaching that he was not actually God. Though Paul had never been to the church itself, he was, from my understanding, he addressed these issues head on. Because in his, well, not just his view, but the nature of Jesus Christ as creator and redeemer was non-negotiable. So Paul wrote to them that he might bring wisdom and on the difficult and trying situation that they were in. But it was critical to him that the church know God in his greatness and glory rather than in the deficient view given them by the false teachers. Which you see in 25, well, last chapter is vault, verses, uh, chapter 1, verse 25. Because remember, he was talking about himself as made a minister. Fulfilling the word of God. And now you're hearing, see in chapter 2 the same thing. Now he's talking about the wickedness, basically, of the false teachers. I'm sorry. Verse 5. For, for though I be absent in the flesh, yet am I with you in the Spirit, joying, beholding your order, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. 
rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. What are the top things that they teach you in the theological school? Theological school. Theologians are being taught other than theology. Philosophy. Psychology. Where does that have any place in the church? None. Unless you're of the devil. Unless you've gone into the Roman Catholic Church. Unless you are more concerned about money buildings, followings for yourself. Think about that. For in him dwelleth all the full... And we talk about philosophy. You know, they're often mentioned, you, you hear the quotes from, oh, Socrates and Plato and, and such and so. Why are we doing that? Thomas Aquinas... Was it Tertullian? I can't even remember. Josephus. The Pliner the Elder. I think it was the Elder. All these names. And yet we never are quoting directly from the Scripture. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. You know, some, they use a couple of these verses, I've heard a couple of guys using this as the, why they're their own gods, which is utterly, ridiculously insane. I mean, it couldn't be more insane. And you being dead, <coughs> sorry, we read that, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of any holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. Let and the reason I we do Sabbath day here on Saturday is for the fact that the Roman Catholic Church is in the Vatican who changed it to Sunday. That's why we don't do Sunday, and yet. Protestants who supposedly are against the Roman Catholic Church, y'all are still doing it. 
You know that you're not supposed to, and yet you still do. Now the seventh day, they got they got that right. Now I I'm not I am not in full agreement with the seventh day on everything at all. Just that's a fact. But at least they're right. Sunday was a pagan festival. Pagan that was holiday for the pagans. That was their time to worship their sun god. Filtered into a ch the church after and during Constantine. He was he never became a Christian. Pretty much like the same style of Christian that you see today in the uh, church buildings, the Unitarians, the Universalists, like, oh, everybody's the same. No, they're not. No, they're not. Well, I believe in God. We're all Christians. Satan believes in God. He's not a Christian. Come on now. Don't be misleading people to hell. Verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of, an, of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by, for his, by his fleshly mind. Let's read that again. That's awesome. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of an angels. That's what a fantastic line verse. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increased with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men. Which things have indeed a shoe of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor of the satisfying, to the satisfying of the flesh. Chapter 3. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And that's a good line. Think about that. If we're risen, we say we've risen with Christ, and you're just like Christ, and you're all of those things, then why are you still doing all of, let's go with the Roman Catholic Church for a second, all the things of the pagan world. Why are you still going to uh, non-Christian non events? Why are you still listening to Rock 1057 or 10... I'm trying to think of the ones around here back in the day. Uh, oh, rock 102, there was a rock... When I was a kid out in Boston way back, uh, Rock 100.7, I think it was. Why are you still listening to that? And then you go to church. Now, I'm going to say that about country music, too. You listen to mainstream country music, <clears throat> calling yourself a born-again Christian. I'm talking to you, Baptist. I'm talking to you. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil, and tripping on my own world, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath 
of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye have walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but a great majority of the things you were should not be anymore. We have our things that we deal with from our past that we, we work on, but if you are 20% away from that, 80% still there, it should be the absolute opposite. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye service, as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. See, we get, we get messed up on that one there. Sometimes we're so concerned about everybody else. We're so concerned about pleasing our co-workers or our bosses. I'm not saying to just not do anything your boss tells you to do or anything like that. All I'm saying is you should not be working to please them. If you are working to please the Lord, your boss will be fine with your work because your, your standards are higher than the boss's. The Lord is your ultimate boss. Knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. <clears throat> Chapter 4 Masters, 
Give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Continuing in prayer, and watching in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. All my state shall take a, I think it's pronounced Tychicus declared unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, but he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Our Istarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas, touching whom ye receive commandments. If ye come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, there only are my fellow co-workers. <laughs> co-workers, I'm sorry. <laughs> These are only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and them in Hierophilus, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Salute the brethren which are in Laodicea and Nymphus, and the church which is in his house. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church of the Laodiceans, and that ye likewise read the epistles from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. The salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. And that's the end of Colossians. All four chapters. What do we learn from this. People take different things from it. It's true. I tell you, he spoke of Jesus quite highly, didn't he? I think it was very important that he did. He had to get the point across because of his divine nature. Jesus is sovereign 
above all things with an authority given him by the Father. As such, Jesus is also head over the church. He has reconciled all things to himself through his death on the cross, making believers alive to God. And really setting them on the path to right living, to proper living. So this proper view of Christ served as the antidote for the Colossian heresy, as well as a building block for Christian life and doctrine, both then and now. I'm glad you took the time to click on this podcast and to listen briefly. I know we got about a half hour in. And again, I'm very thankful for your time. I really much am. I really much am? I very much am. So, thank you. Um, those of you who watch me on Rumble, I will be doing a uh, Connecticut COVID-19 uh, oh, pandemic. Sorry, I'll be doing some uh, updates there. And with that, I say thank you. Grace be with you. God bless. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And make sure you tell the ones you love that you love them. Especially the ones right there in your own house. Good night.